<laughs> she got a fan club. I'm glad I got a fan club. Awesome, huh? All right. Um, we'll get right into the word tonight. I, I believe that it's a good word uh, tonight that will help us um, grow and develop in the things of the Lord. And what I want to talk about tonight uh, real quickly is about trust. Trust is so important. And have you ever heard anyone say, you know, trust me? Or have you ever said that to someone, just trust me? Or have you ever played the trust me game? <laughs> when um, a few, I don't know, a while back, I had seen a youth group and they were on um, a video and they were playing the trust game. And sometimes youth ministers use this as a tool to help um, young people learn the value and the importance of trust. So what they had done is they had blindfolded this young lady and they brought her up in front of their crowd. And some of you guys have may have been involved in this and have done some of this. And they uh, brought somebody up behind her and that person stood behind her and they said, now all you have to do is trust me. We want you to fall back. There'll be somebody there to catch you. And so She's like, okay, I can do this. I'm, I'm going to believe there's somebody there. Well, when she fell, she didn't fall backwards. She fell forward. <laughs> and I don't know if anybody's seen that video or not, but it was so funny. And I got to thinking, everybody was just like totally shocked. And so the, the, what we can take out of this is when you think about the word trust, trust has to be a two-way thing. So she was trusting that somebody was catching her, and the people that were catching her was trusting that um, she was going to fall backward. So, you know, there is an important message here, not only on how valuable communication is, we definitely need communicate, but also how we need to learn to trust. And so tonight we're going to talk a little bit about trust, and we're going to look at a few things that I believe that tonight when we pray that we can use those to help us trust. So trust is um, important, and one of the things we need to realize is that we can't trust everybody. And, and sometimes we can't even trust ourselves. But we can, and we most definitely should, trust God without any problem at all. Because when we get done with the Word tonight, you're going to see that God can always be trusted because He's our Heavenly Father. And as I got to thinking about that, why is it that I can trust God? And one of the things I thought about was, you know, the old uh, movie, I'm dating myself, Father's know, Father Knows Best. Anybody ever see that? Well, we can trust our Heavenly Father because you know what? He knows best. And we don't have to worry that He's going to do something harmful to us. We can just trust Him because He knows best. He knows what we are going through. He knows where we have been. And He knows what we may be going through in the future. Not only that, he knows if we've been good or bad, naughty or nice. <laughs> he doesn't even think twice or think about it. <laughs> he knows everything about us, and he even knows if we're somewhere in between. But most importantly, he knows everything because he is omnipotent, and I have a hard time pronouncing that word. He's everywhere. He knows everything. But the best news of all is that he knows what is best for his children, 
And so as a child of God, it's important that I understand what he's talking about when he says trust in the word of God. Psalms 121.8 says, The Lord will watch over you, your coming and your going, both now and forever. The Message Bible puts it this way. He said, He guards you when you leave and when you return. He guards you now and He guards you always. And I love that word right there. And then when you look at Psalms 121, we won't even look at the whole chapter, but I would encourage you tonight to go home and read it because that entire chapter talks about how God watches over us and how He guards us and how He keeps us. And so when we read that, we should say, wow, it's easy to trust God, right? Just from that scripture right there, just from reading those right there. But tonight, I want to look at something a little bit deeper and take a scripture and break it down a little bit. Um, and it's very familiar for probably all of us here. And it's found in Proverbs 3, and it's 5 through 6, one of my favorite scriptures. And it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. We're going to look at a few things here tonight. And that first word that we're going to look at is trust. When you look at that word trust in the Hebrew, it has kind of a different kinds of meanings. But one of those twofold meaning means it says attach yourself to trust. It also means to hide for a refuge and to feel safe. The word really expresses a sense of well-being, which results from knowing that you, or I would say that God is not going to pull the rug out from under you, so to speak. You don't have to worry about, there's not going to be any surprises. But I love this one meaning specifically where it says you attach yourself to trust. Now, I want you to think about this, attaching yourself to trust. What does that mean? It means that you are securing yourself, you're clinging to, so to speak, to this trust. Now, i got to give you this example because I work with a young lady, and last year she went skydiving. Okay? She went skydiving for the first time in her entire life. And did you know that the subject trust came up? <laughs> And she showed me the video of her on this skydiver. And what she had done was, what they had done was, um, they attached her to the back of the skydiver, the trainer. She was attached, she attached herself to trust. Because if something would have happened to him, she was going to go with him. You know, we don't have to worry about that with God because we know that God's going to take care of us. But she attached herself. So I got to thinking that was a form of trust. That's really becoming intimate. That's very, really becoming, uh, having a relationship with that person. She was clinging to that person. And she was, because I seen the video, and let me tell you what, she was clinging to that person. Even though she had a great time, she trusted him. And so when you think of the word trust, think of that, think of it in that way, clinging. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Attach yourself to trust with all of your heart in the things that God has for you. And I just love that. So you're simply associating yourself with it by having this close relationship. So when this Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, then you are connecting yourself to God in a very close and a very intimate way. You're getting pretty close. 
David said in Psalm 68, 63, 8, and I would encourage you, if you've not had an opportunity to read this whole chapter because it's so powerful, he talks about God being his Elium, God being everything to him. But in the, the uh, eighth verse in the Amplified, he says, my whole being follows hard after you and clings closely to you and your right hand upholds me. So that word cling in the, high, in the Hebrew means to hold tight, and it points to loyalty, and it's related to affection. So look at that word trust. Maybe you can look at it in a different way than you've maybe haven't looked at it before, and maybe you've looked at it like this before. But as I began to study, God began to show me this word trust is so personal. See, it's very personal, and it's connecting you to God. And I can tell you what, there's no one more deserving or more honorable or more awesome to trust than God. I've been a Christian for a lot of years, and I can tell you, he has never let me down. I have trusted him, even in the hard times, when I didn't see what I thought I would was expecting to see, I still kept my trust in God, and God has never, never let me down. So I love that. So then we look at now, let's look at the second meaning of that. It means to hide for a refuge. I love this one too, because that means to feel safe. Like I said, it really expresses that sense of well-being, not knowing, you know, realizing that you don't have to worry about somebody's going to pull the rug out from under you or throw you under the bus, so to speak, because you have this trust. You're safe when you're speaking to them. So the Bible talks about the word refuge, meaning a place of shelter or protection from something harmful or threatening. Psalms 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, and he's a very present help in time of trouble. And I would encourage you to write these scriptures down. Psalms 142.5 says, I cried unto the Lord, and I said, You are my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. And I love this because we don't have to worry about trusting God when we're not living any longer. We need this trust while we're living while we're having a life's journey, while we're on our paths, while we are moving in the directions that God has called us to, to move into, we've got to have this clinging, this affectionate type of trust connecting ourselves to God. Psalms 9, 9 in the Amplified says, The Lord will also be a refuge and a high tower for the oppressed and a refuge and a stronghold in times of trouble. So you can see that this trust is very powerful. So when we trust God with this kind of trust, then we are confident that he will be there no matter what comes our way. You don't have to worry about it. Is he going to show up? Will he show up? He is going to show up. He is a very present help, see, in time of trouble. Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19, I love this. It says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vine, and even though the olive, oil, the olive crops fail and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in their fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will praise and rejoice in the Lord and I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength and he makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. That's pretty powerful. And I know that scripture is talking about some other things, but when you put it in the line of how we can trust God, it doesn't matter. Surely, 
we can say, even though I've been here, even though this has happened to me, even though I have had to deal with this, even though we're dealing with this COVID thing, even though, you know, people are, are being distracted, or even though things are not turning out the way that we feel they should turn out, we can still say and rejoice in God because our trust is attached to him. And I love that. So this kind of trust takes the control out of our hands, see, and it puts it in the hands of God, and that's where it belongs. So the question is, how do I get to this level of trust? Well, as you read on, it will tell us. It says, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. So the first thing is, is you can't depend on you. Whoo, if I can't depend on me, who's going to depend on me? What about me? I mean, I heard Joyce Meyer say that one time. What about me? What about me? What about me? About me? And she said, you don't have to worry about yourself because Jesus made a way for me. He's got it all under control. He, he has everything under control. So we can't depend on ourselves. We can't lean. And that word leaning in the Hebrew is a word that refers to a, a, a solid structure, something that you can just lean on. So don't lean to your own understanding, your own way of thinking, your own insight about a situation. Anybody ever done that? You have your own version of it? We have God's version, your version, and my version. <laughs> There's different versions, right? We all look at things differently. We see things differently. And so we cannot um, trust and lean on our own understanding about a situation. In other words, don't allow your understanding to be the thing, the supporting system that blocks the plans and the paths and the blessings and the places that God has in store for you. And that could happen if we're not careful. Have anybody ever been there? God's trying to do something, but boy, you just can't get your head out of it. You just can't get your mind out of it. I've been there and I've done that. And it, it's really a, a, a terrible place to be. So don't do that. Don't allow your understanding, your way of thinking, your insight about the situation be the thing, the supporting system that blocks the plans, the places, the paths, and the blessings that God has in store for you. Think about this. God's ways are not the same as our ways. And you know, we've all read that scripture. And the sooner we get that revelation of that, the sooner we'll be able to move forward into that place and not block the level of trust that God is trying to take us to. We have to let go of our ways and our way of thinking and our opinions, and we have to grab and we have to cling as if we're jumping out of that airplane strapped to someone that's going to pull the parachute onto God and trust him. Isaiah 55, 8, everyone should probably know the scripture. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways your ways. The New Living Translation says it this way. He says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could ever imagine. I mean, if anybody's like me, I've got a great imagination. 
I mean, you know, I, I can, I can, I can imagine stuff that's just not there. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And God can do so many things in our lives as we trust him and we rely on him and cling to him with this kind of trust. Now, this trust will take what God says at face value without question. Never thinking twice about it. Has anybody ever been, done that? Somebody, you went to someone and you trusted them and you never thought twice about it. And then next thing you knew, you had the rug pulled out from under you because you probably shouldn't have been trusting in it. Well, see, this kind of trust trusts God that way. It trusts God, doesn't even think about it. It, it just knows that God is faithful and he's going to take care of it. Knowing that God's word never returns void, Isaiah says. It always accomplishes everything that it's been sent out to do. And we know that God's word has been sent on our behalf for healing, to heal our spirit, soul, and body, our minds, our way of thinking, to help us grow and develop. His word has been sent to bring deliverance, to set the captives free, so we don't have to live in bondage anymore. We can trust his word that it would never, what's that word never? What does that mean? Never return void. It'll never come back empty. It will always accomplish what God has sent it out to accomplish. I love that. Trust knows that God is faithful and always watches over his word to make sure it comes to pass. It's confident that his word uh, cannot fail. God cares for those who trust in him. Naaman 1 and 7 in the Amplified says, The Lord is good, a strength and stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows and recognizes, cares for, and understands fully those who take refuge and trust in him. Not just care in the sense of feeling concerned and affectionate, but care in the sense of tending to or taking uh, uh, to us as a supervisor of our life, taking part in as much of our life as he possibly can and what we will possibly allow him to take care of. So when the storms of life come, trust remembers how reliable and unfailing and consistent God is. Trust rests in God's faithfulness and his mercies, knowing that they are everlasting. So great is his faithfulness and is from generation to generation. We don't have to worry about God's faithfulness running out because it's not going to. It's going to continue on. Even when we're strapped, so to speak, jumping out of an airplane. We feel like life is out of control. As long as we cling to this trust, God is there. He is there. It's pretty powerful. Um, it may not always understand. See, when we trust, we don't always understand the purposes and the plans and the paths that God puts us on. It'll make sense to us. But trust doesn't, may not always understand every step of the plan but through faith follows the plan because it knows that God has the final outcome. That is what is so awesome, and it's good. Trust always stays focused on God's promises and is steadfast and unwavering when times of temptation try to pull it off course. It believes that God always leads along the best pathway of life and beside the still waters to restore our soul. God's promises are true. So I love that, how it says, if we want to have this kind of trust, then we got to 
disregard our way of thinking and relying on our thought. We got to renew our minds. That's a whole new message altogether, of course. Think differently. I've had many opportunities in the last couple of weeks just to have a different way of thinking about things. And God's been showing me as I've been studying this, I've got to cast down imaginations and every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. There are times when I have to release the weight of something that's carrying me. And it's so hard that I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to make it. But I have to trust God because, see, God never fails. And I can look back in my own experiences and see God is faithful. He's faithful. So we know about that. Now let's know about the second part. It says acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So acknowledge God in your journey in life, in every road, in every path that you take. And when you look at this word acknowledge in the Hebrew, it's talking about having a sense of discernment, recognizing the presence of God. Are we so busy sometimes we don't even recognize the presence of God, that God is with us at every step of our life, in every journey of our life, in every area of our life? We have to be sensitive to his presence and acknowledge his presence in our life, in our life journey, in all our ways, in all of our life's journey, in everything that we do, in all of our decisions, in all of our troubles and our tests and our trials and our paths and anything else, recognize the presence of God. Be sensitive to his presence and acknowledge his presence in your life, all through your life, in good times and in bad times, in joyful times and even in stressful times. Simply putting it in every season of our life. Then he will make straight those well-trotted rows that we have faced and may still have to face. And, I, I, and, and, you know, as God was sharing that with me, I thought that is so powerful. So think about this. When you acknowledge someone, you respond and you react to them, right? Have you ever been in a room with some people and no one acknowledges that you're there? It kind of does something to your self-esteem, doesn't it? You know, you're talking about everybody. That happens sometimes to short people. They just talk over your head. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just teasing. But I'm just saying... Acknowledge uh, uh, that person. You're recognizing that they're there. Sometimes we don't recognize a person's there simply because we're busy. Maybe we have something else on our mind, or maybe we're targeting in on one thing, and we don't recognize, you know, who's there. I have been guilty of that myself, and God has said, you know, be more sensitive to people when you're in their presence. Well, we need to be more sensitive to the presence of God and recognize his presence in every part of our life and not disregard his presence. We don't ignore people, and we should not ignore God. The trust does not, this kind of trust does not ignore God, nor does it ignore his word. And when you want to know so much about God, you have to get into his word. You have to know that his word is so vital, vital that when we grant his word access into our life and we accept his responses to what it is telling us, then we are clinging to his trust. We're relying on what he says. Has anybody ever uh, been in a situation where you've prayed about something and you ask God, you know, give me a word, give me a word, and the word he gives you is like, well, that was from the devil. Because <laughs> you know, you're like, there's no way that God would tell me that. Just like there's no way God would say, love those 
that hate you. Bless those that curse you. You know, but God tells us things sometimes, and if we're not sensitive to his presence, if we don't recognize his presence, if we don't acknowledge him in our way of life, we could miss the most important word of our lifetime that could help us stay on the path that God has called us to be on. It's so powerful. So we have to spend time in the word. Psalms 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, there is lots of scriptures about the word, and there's no way we could go through them all. But these are just a few that kind of just touched me tonight. Proverbs 30, verse 5. This is one of my first scriptures I learned as a Christian, that every word of God is true, tried and true. And I'm reading this out of the Amplified. He is a shield to those who put his trust and refuge in him. God's word is very powerful. His spoken word, his rhema word, you know, his logos word. God's word, however he speaks to us, we have to be sensitive to hear what he has to say and recognize that God is wanting to speak to us. Yes, God has something to say, and we need to hear what it is. And right now, there's so many voices that are out there. How do we know which voice is God's? We've got to cling to his word and know what his word says. Hebrews 4.12 Amplified says, The word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. Now, I want to stop right there because you want to be around something that's effective, don't you? Do you like to do things that fail? Do you like to say, well, that didn't work. That wasn't very effective. No, God's word is not only operable, means it's operating in your life. Remember, it, it never returns void. It accomplishes everything it's been sent to do, but it's effective. It accomplishes what it needs to accomplish. So his word is, it's energizing. He refreshes our soul when we read the word. I know this week, probably in the last couple of weeks, that as I began to study, I began to feel energized in my spirit because the word is food, it's nourishment to us. And so I want my trust in his word, and I know that his word is so powerful, so effective. It says, uh, it goes on and says, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and the spirit, um, and so it's just very powerful, his word is. And so we can't take it for granted. And sometimes I, you know, one of the things I would tell people when they would say, well, you know, I don't understand God's word. When I read his word, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. It may not make sense to you right now, but God's word is spiritual. <laughs> He's feeding a spiritual man. And you can take it in and take it in and take it in and think it's not doing any good. And then one day you wake up and you're like, wow. Woo, I feel like Popeye. <laughs> yeah, I've had a can of spinach, you know. I've been in the Word, and now all of a sudden I know it's energizing. It's effective. It's operative. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and that's what His Word does for us. His Word not only that does that, but it teaches us what is true. We have to know what is true. His word teaches us. It's the standard by which we live as Christians and it is what our foundation is. And so there are so many voices out there, so many things that people are saying, so many things that we just think, what is true? 
If you want to know what's true, get in his word. His word will lead you and guide you into all truth. It's pretty powerful. He says that his word clearly says that it's the law and it's the truth. So we need to discern what is truth and what is not truth. You know, who to trust and who not to trust. And we have to be careful not to have our principles based on opinions of what we hear. We have to stand true to what we believe and what the word says. Psalms 119, 142 says his law is true. The other thing is when you're acknowledging God and in his presence, then you need to spend time in his presence. And I love the teaching on the Shekinah glory because that is the visible manifest presence of God. And Jesus was a visible manifest presence of God. And the Shekinah glory is so powerful. We can live in the presence of God. And we need that so, uh, so much right now. So spend time in his presence. We, we pray and we, seek we spend time in devotion in his presence, seeking his face, sitting at his feet, pouring our heart out to him. Don't leave him out. Recognize his presence. Acknowledge God as God. Psalm 62, 8 says, Trust in him at all times, O people, and pour out your heart before him. God is our refuge. Don't you love that word refuge? It just keeps coming up, keeps coming up. God is there. He's there. So when the cares of life overwhelm you, then this is what this trust will do. It will stay in the midst of the presence of God because he knows that is where the times of refreshing come from the presence of God. I love that. His presence is the fullness of joy, and the joy of the Lord brings that strength that we need. Trust knows that God cares for even the smallest things. Have you ever said something to someone, and, you, and, and they look at you, and they're like, that's not important, but to you it is important? Well, yesterday I had to go to work. And I had to go in town and work. I work from home, so twice a month I have to come into town, and that's becoming a challenge. <laughs> Trust me. And I had to leave my little baby, my little border collie, and I had to trust, you know. No, well, no. <laughs> I had to leave my baby. I had to trust. I had to trust, you know, a very small thing. So I had cut up some stuff, and I gave it to David. And David goes, really, Janet? He said, just, I said, I don't, now he takes a nap at this time. He does this at this time. And David's looking at me like, did I eat, why, why, this is more than I can take, you know. But he did it. He did everything I asked him to do. I was so proud of him. But I was having to leave that little baby in his hands, you know. And it was a small thing. It wasn't nothing really that important. But to me, it was a big deal. Because then I could go to work and not have to worry and think about that. And so when we even take those small things to God that may mean nothing to anybody else, but to us it means something, we can trust God in that. And it's pretty powerful. Trust lives in the presence of God and realizes that it's only because of God's goodness and great love that we can live and breathe and have our being. How awesome is that? So one of the greatest benefits of trust is God's perfect peace. So we're going to leave with this. Isaiah 26, 3, it says, You will guard him and keep him whose mind and both his inclinations or feelings and his character is stayed on you because he commits himself to you. He leans, 
Remember that lane? He leans on you and hopes confidently in you. John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. Now, this perfect peace is a whole new message of its own. But it's confidence, it's trust, and it brings the greatest peace we could ever experience. Not just any peace, but God's perfect peace. God's shalom, shalom. God didn't say, you just have peace. He said, you have perfect peace. He didn't just open up one door of peace. He opened up a double door. And he said, perfect peace to us. And this trust will do that. And I love the way that's the, the Hebrew word for that is shalom. And it means completeness, soundness, prosperity, security, tranquility, and well-being of a total person. Trust in God with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all of your ways and your journey in your life. Acknowledge him and his presence and he will direct your paths. So tonight as we pray, I believe that's what we can do. We can say, God, direct our paths. We're trusting in you. We're clinging to you. We're holding on to you because we want to live in this trust. We want this level of trust and we want this level of perfect peace. So that's all I got. Mm-hmm.